Tonight is our first of the first Wednesday family prayer service. And I woke up this morning and there's snow was falling and but we're here. We're here. And we just gave the day to the Lord and said, Lord, whatever you will. And what a what a beautiful response here tonight. God's doing something special here at Greece Assembly of God. I just it's not just something I'm saying. I just really sense it deep in my own spirit that God is doing something special here. Um, he's deepening us. He's growing us. Last year, the Lord impressed on our hearts as a leadership team to develop a culture of prayer here at Greece Assembly. And I, I shared during the January prayer series, culture is a way of life. And certainly the words of Jesus found in Matthew chapter 21, verse 13, my house shall be called a house of prayer, speaks of the church living and breathing in a culture of prayer, operating from the essential foundation of total dependence on God. And mom and dad, the older generation, how critically important it is for us to model complete total dependence to the next generations. Amen? The first century church was marked by a culture of prayer. Prayer was a way of life. They prayed first. They prayed right. They prayed often. Our desire is for this culture of prayer to be experienced personally. For every generation that's represented here tonight to be experienced personally and modeled across all generations to become a way of life as we together fulfill our mission of making more and better disciples. The first century church, according to Acts 2.42, says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals like we did tonight. Did you get enough to eat? Including the Lord's Supper, they they came together and and celebrated and, and worshiped around the, the communion table, and they, and they devoted themselves, we, we see in Acts 2.42, to prayer. The first part of Acts 2.43 says, a deep sense of awe came over them all. I, I love that verse. This is, this is a transition from Luke penning, and they devoted themselves to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And they witnessed the miraculous. God was glorified, magnified in, in unbelievable ways. You see, when God's people unite together in humble, sincere, genuine prayer, God's presence, God's power, God's provision, and God's peace will invade the prayer meeting, will invade the lives of those who have come together to seek him to call upon his holy name. How I want the Holy Spirit of God, the presence of God to invade my life, to invade your life, to invade our families, our children, our high school students, middle school students, young adults, every generation that's represented, that God's presence, God's power, That same power that raised Christ from the grave, God's provision and God's peace. Oh, that our lives would be invaded. Amen? Amen. That every generation would be invaded 
by the presence of God. In the Bible, we see several occasions where Jesus taught on prayer. In John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14, is just one of several examples. And I want to just for a couple minutes focus on these two verses in John 14. Jesus taught his disciples saying, And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, some people seem to think that Jesus is giving us a, a blank check. There are people that teach that. We can ask for anything we want, and he will sign his name to it and pass it along to the Father in heaven, and it will be done, it will be guaranteed. But that's not at all what Jesus is teaching. Jesus said in John 15, 7, just the chapter after John 14, he says this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. Every promise in Scripture has a qualifier. So everybody's like, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. But that's not the whole picture. There's a qualifier. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. That's the qualifier. The qualifier is being in his word, in his word, being in you. I can't stress enough the importance of, of that truth. It's submitting my will to his word and his will. It's aligning myself with him in what he says. You see, effective prayer is about submitting and aligning my will, our will, with God's will. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it will be done for you. Now let's go back to John 14, verses 13 and 14. Jesus taught his disciples saying, and whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Praying in Jesus' name means, I have three things. This is not an exhaustive list, but here's three things I'm going to touch on briefly. If you have an outline, you can fill in the blank. Praying in his name means, number one, access to the Father. Access to the Father. Jesus paved the way for us on the cross. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Thank you, young man. Man of God. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus opened the door to heaven. The cross, Christ's death, his resurrection has opened the way for you and me to come into the throne room of almighty God. That's incredible. The author of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus paid the way for us on the cross to come boldly. The word really means with confidence. Confidence we can come before a holy God and not be zapped. Because of the cross, because of the death and, and, and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ. 
We are clothed, we are wrapped in the righteousness of Christ. So when we come with confidence and boldness into his throne room of grace with our prayers and supplications and petitions, we don't get zapped in the presence of a holy God because he doesn't see us in our sin and our unrighteousness. He sees us clothed in the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. Praying in his name means access to the Father. Jesus paid the way for us on the cross. Number two, authority in our position in Christ. I'm reminded of Peter and John on their way to the temple to pray. They run into a poor crippled beggar asking for help. This wasn't the first time. He was laid there on a daily basis. But these were men who communed with the Father in heaven. These were men who abided in his word, and and his word abided. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and prompting the the voice of the Spirit of God at that that particular moment to, to stop. Many days, they just walked by this man, but on this particular day, prompted by the voice of the Spirit of God, because these men, Peter and John, they communed with the Father in heaven. They conversed with the Father in heaven. They were in his presence. They knew his power. They knew his provision. They knew him personally. Acts 3.6 says that Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Rise up and walk. This this poor crippled beggar, he was asking for for arms, for help. And Peter says, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Acts 3, 7 says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Acts 3, 8 says, so he, leaping up, stood and and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. Praying in his name means access to the Father, authority, and our position in Christ. And lastly, agreement with his will. Jesus taught his disciples, saying, in this manner, therefore, pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does John 14, 13, and 14 teach us? There's two underlining principles. The first one is this on your outline, everything for God, everything for God. Jesus taught, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The underlining purpose for prayer is for God's Glory, for God to be glorified. What we're doing tonight is for God's glory, for God to be glorified. Colossians 3.17, Paul writes to the church in Colossae, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him, giving glory to God, the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Whether it's work or playing football, do it for the glory of God, for God's glory. I shared with my three sons before the Super Bowl that I thought the Patriots were going to lose. And that it was all part of God's plan. Not because God has a favorite football team, as some might think, or is interested in who wins the Super Bowl, but he's interested in glorifying his name. And if you've been tracking the story of the Eagles this year, it's pretty special. 
When NBC's Dan Patrick asked the coach after the win, how do you explain this, that nine years ago you're coaching in high school and here you are with this trophy right after the game, holding the trophy. He's the victor. He, he's asked this question by this sports commentator and the coach responds, and this is verbatim. I can only give the praise to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for giving me this opportunity. This is a world stage. And on this world stage, God's name was glorified. That's better than a Super Bowl victory. Amen, church? Whatever you do, do it for God's glory. Pray that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Let the glory of God shape the way you and I pray. The first principle is everything for God. The second principle is everything from God. Jesus promised, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it in accordance to his will. Where does Christ-like compassion come from? God. Where does unconditional love come from? God. When we need compassion to help someone and we pray, Father, I need your compassion. We are praying according to his will. He will answer that prayer. When we need unconditional love in a relationship and we pray, God, I need your unconditional love. That's a prayer that's in alignment with the word of God. God hears and answers such prayer. Where does godly wisdom come from? God. And when we need wisdom and we ask God for it, he will give us his wisdom. Why? Because he, he encourages us in James that if we lack wisdom, to ask of him and he'll give it, not just in little sprinkles, but in abundance, he'll pour out his wisdom. Why does he answer such praying? Because it's in alignment with his word and his will. And that's why every time that we pray for an unsaved person to come to know Jesus Christ, we are praying prayers that are in alignment with the will of God because God's word says he desires that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. Where does peace that surpasses understanding come from? God. God, I need your peace in the midst of the storm. That's a prayer that he answers because you're praying according to his word, according to his will. He doesn't want us to be filled with trouble and worry in our spirit. Where does strength for the trial come from? God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father. The worship team would make their way back to the platform. John 14, 13, 14 teaches us that everything is for God's glory and everything is from God's grace. Amen. Amen. 
Prayer is not advancing our personal agenda. And wants, but about the glory of God, the glory of God. And church, I am convinced and deeply convicted in my heart and spirit that as we continue to grow in this place as a church family on First Wednesday, God is going to be glorified in this place, in our lives, in every person's life, in every married couple's life, every family's life. Amen, church? I believe it. Would you stand and let's, we're going to continue to worship with the, work, with the, the, the team, the, the worship team. But I'm going to ask those that are helping with prayer tonight, if you would come and make your way to the front and let's just um, spread out across the front and you know, we have a lot of, of our church family sickness. This, this flu is just really grabbing a lot of people. So as we're praying for people that have personal need tonight, I want to encourage you to just lift up members in, in our church family. I know my wife, uh, she went home tonight. She's really not feeling well. She needs a touch from the Lord. And as the worship team leads us, before the throne in worship through song anyone in need of prayer tonight would you come to any of these folks here we would love to pray for you uh, with you tonight come now